1: concept of divorce, if you're married, is somewhere in the future, right? And so with that comes a perception of, of loss and lack or pain or, you know, anxiety, uh, uh, discomfort, anger, all kinds of fear. And if I look at the past then, and I remember, and we tend to often remember the positive things, then there's a longing and a lacking and a desire. And a, a real sense of of, of less than and loss because I want that I, I, I you know I did that I wanted it I want the best I don't want the worst but I want the best you know and so so I'm somewhere else thinking thoughts that are, have nothing to do with right here right now.
0: Embarking on the journey into the next chapter of your life after divorce is often met with a mixture of excitement and fear. Everything is affected. Transitioning home and career, managing your finances, parenting as a single mom or dad, and managing the emotions around step-parents in your children's lives. The world of online dating, reconnecting with who you want to be in this new chapter of life, and finding your passion, purpose, sensuality, sexuality, and so much more. Tune in as we speak to the experts in every area of post divorce life and support you to enter and navigate it as an adventure with a growth mindset and a heart of possibility. Welcome, Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor. I'm
1: so happy to be with you, Karen. Thank you.
0: This conversation I've been so excited to have. I know that it's going to bring a whole new dimension of support, information, understanding to our clients. And as I mentioned, our listeners and our clients are uh, typically dealing with a lot of conflict, a lot of internal and external chaos. And while the coaches at Journey Beyond Divorce really support uh, listeners and clients to understand what's going on, you're bringing today a whole nother level of what that looks like. And so you talk about the four characters in the brain, and I know you have a new book out about it. So let's just dive right into you explaining to us what actually goes on in our brain and how we can start looking at it differently and using it to our benefit.
1: Perfect. So I am all about whole brain living and whole brain living is using what's going on in the right brain, what's going on in the left brain. But beyond that, We have two emotional systems, one in each hemisphere. And we have two thinking modules of cells, one in each hemisphere. And so the fundamental difference between what's going on in the right brain and the left brain is that the right brain, think about right brain right here, right now, right here, present moment. And in the present moment, I'm being bombarded with all of this information coming in through my sensory systems. And then I'm having an experience experience of what that feels like. So the emotional system of the present moment is one of experience. But what happens in the left brain is that information comes in from the present moment and it goes into that group of cells of the emotional limbic system in the left brain. But the left brain is all about me, the individual, Me, the individual, and I have linearity across time. So we have two completely different ways of looking at the world. One is right here, right now, where I don't perceive the boundaries of where I begin and end. I'm just as big as the universe having an experience. And then in the left brain emotion, I have an identity, I have an ego, I am Jill Bolte-Taylor, and here's all this information about me, but then I have emotions from the past and I have emotions about the future. So there's that separation for the emotions, but then there's also the thinking tissue. So the right thinking tissue is all about the present moment experience where I am as big as the universe connected to all that is, and it exists in a state of of gratitude where the left thinking brain is my rational brain that is me, the individual as I relate to the external world. So we end up with these four very different modules of cells that each of those groups of cells results in very specific um, skill sets. And then those skill sets actually have character profiles and personalities. So in a typical moment, really in a typical minute, we can be passing the microphone between each of these voices talking to us inside of our head and we're experiencing all of them. And if we cannot differentiate who's who inside of our head, then we're just confused or conflicted or overpowered or overpowering.
0: Wow. Well, wow, so that's a lot going on. I love the, the right brain right now. So whether it's the emotional or the thinking, the logical, it's it's very present moment. Yes. And and, and then the left brain is all left linear. It's it's left, your entire it's left
1: linear. And it's got me, the individual and me, the individual, me, the individual. So my ego and anything that has to do with me, my past, my future, that's all going to be left brain.
0: And so when we start looking at like all of the chaotic uh, thoughts that go on between our head and especially when we're dealing with conflict or or transition or uncertainty, uh, all of those are lighting up and which I would imagine just adds to the chaos if you don't know what's going on or how to um, how to work with those four different characters.
1: Exactly, because anything that has to do with some time other than now. So let's go directly to your your interest, divorce even the mere concept of divorce if you're married is somewhere in the future right mm-hmm. and so with that comes a perception of, of loss and lack or pain or you know anxiety uh, uh, discomfort anger all kinds of fear. And if I look at the past then, and I remember, and we tend to often remember the positive things, then there's a longing and a lacking and a desire and a, a real sense of, of, of less than and loss because I want that. I, 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 you know, I did that. I wanted it. I want the best. I don't want the worst, but I want the best, you know? And so, so I'm somewhere else thinking thoughts that are have, nothing to do with right here, right now. So the left emotional cells are the pain from the past and the fear of the future. So there's also memories of pleasure in the past and pride and all that. And again, anxiety as it relates to an unknown future. So that left brain is really, it's where our our craving is, our urges are, our addictions are. Um, and and that's just not happening in the right here, right now, present moment. So when we have these moments of clarity of, you know, uh, based on A, B, C, D, E, F, G, the thinking rational character, one can come in and say, these are all the reasons why this relationship needs to terminate. And uh, But the right brain is saying, but I love this person, but I love me. I am about life. And what's really best for me and, and the relationship of the present moment, where's my peace of heart and mind, is in the present moment. So the key to finding your peace during this journey is to constantly bring yourself back to, I'm fine in this moment, I'm fine. Now I can project all kinds of fears or anxieties or angers from past to future in that left brain, but really the peace is right here, right now. But in the right here, right now, again, it's not about me. It's not about the loss. It's not about the other. It's not about my relationships at all. It's about the fact that, oh my gosh, I have one life. I have one amazing life. I am alive. And I don't know if my life's going to last five minutes or another five years or another 50 years, but right now I'm alive. And there's opportunity in the fact that I'm alive that is very different than if I'm not alive. So, this is so fascinating. So,
0: one might say to you, my right now really sucks, right? I'm like, because everything's, I'm in the midst of this change, right? And so he or she is off already dating. I've got the kids. I don't have enough finances. I don't know but what's what, going to happen. But listen to what you're ah. saying. But listen to
1: what you're saying. I, I, he, they, he, me, ba, ba, ba. That's not the right here, right now. That is not the present moment. The present moment is really being willing to show up and say, I exist here in this living presence, and there's possibility in the present moment that doesn't compare to my past or my future. So everything that you just said was the left brain coming in and saying, you know, my right here right now is just not really good because I compare it to my past and it's not what I want it to be. And I'm looking at my future and it's not what I want it to be. Well, you're not right here right now. I love that. Perfect. You're in that left brain. You're analyzing, you're processing again from the entity of you. And, you know, life, life, you happen to be on this journey of life. But at the same time, you can take yourself out of the equation and just be in the present moment. And that's when we get lost in the flow. This is when we do things, take a walk in the woods and allow your mind to not be about everything that you just said. Oh, my present isn't very good. Well, it's like, well, maybe if you'd get out of your own left brain (laughs) and be in the magnificence of the presence that is there. So this is why we like, we'll go to a ball game let's say you know we're 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 divorced now or we're in the process and and we go to a ball game and for like two hours i didn't think about it right why why were those two hours a great way out of your pain from the past and your fear of the future because you came to the present moment and you actually watched a ball game and you were engaged in the present moment with everything that was happening and why is it that go ahead I was going to say, and and that left brain
0: was like temporarily muted. It was temporarily.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's always right there. I mean, we can pick up our pain in an instant, you know, but at the same time. So the, the question is, how do we how do we purposely and mindfully bring our mind to the present more often? And really, I mean, I live in the woods and I'm looking out my back windows at the woods and the colors that are there and just watching the movement of the leaves and just just being in the magnificence of the fact that I'm in the woods and leaves are dancing. And the energy that is lifting that and allowing myself to be in the present moment. And these are the things, this is why it's so important that as healthy people, we have we have crafts or we have um, some form of art, some form of woodworking, some form of something that we get lost in over oh, time, just flies by something that we love. I do stone sculpture and I do glasswork and, and it's like when I'm there, if I'm not feeling healthy and strong because my mind is somewhere I'd rather it wasn't. I go to what brings me instantaneous pleasure and it's pleasure because it brings me into the present moment and I get to step out of the pain And the more we run any circuitry, the stronger that circuitry becomes and the more it begins to run on automatic. So if I just spend all of my time in my past about my spouse and I'm talking about about that and I'm talking about that and I'm talking about that in my present, well, I'm gonna be alienating the present moment because I'm just bringing all the pain from my past into the present and who wants to hang out with that? Well, maybe other people who are also in that part of their character. Right,
0: right. Well, that is so beautifully said. This morning I was walking. I have an 11 month old um, puppy and we're having some family strife. And I was walking. And as you're describing it, My my left brain had the mic. I don't know which character yet. And and then I kept saying, well, wait a second, just listen to the birds. Just look at the beautiful blooms, like look at the look at the puppy who's like so delighted just to be with you and grab the and so and so I found myself um, bouncing back and forth and then all of a sudden I'm in the story and I'm like yeah, the the mics right. in the left brain and right. and what I hear you saying uh, which I think is really important for our listeners to hear is the more you practice consciously handing the mic to that right brain uh you're yes. building you're building strength you're building yes. uh what was the word you use is uh is it when you build strength to
1: think differently. Um, Is that what you're saying? Yes, absolutely. And then that becomes your, your, uh, your automatic reactivity. Mm. So, you know, the, the, the more you run a circuit, the stronger that circuit becomes. And this is how we build uh, habitual thinking. So if I'm just routinizing, routinizing, routinizing in my pain from the past, then that just gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And then anything (sighs) out there makes me go right back into that circuitry right so let's go through the four characters specifically so that so that everybody can really get to know their four characters and then we're going to talk about the brain huddle b-r-a-i-n it's an acronym it's the brain huddle and this is the true power of what we are as an evolved human being this is our power
0: has its unique challenges. Having helped people in many different high-conflict divorces, I know that when children and alcohol are involved, the situation becomes even more challenging. Whether you're concerned about child safety when an ex is co-parenting or trying to prove your sobriety for custody, finding a reliable system that you trust can be difficult. That's why I love and recommend Soberland, Soberlink's remote alcohol monitoring system makes it easy to document sobriety in real time, ensuring child safety and providing tangible evidence of sobriety to the court as needed. It's easy to use and has features like facial recognition, tamper detection, and advanced reporting that all work together to improve your life during this difficult time. To help those in my audience who are going through divorce with children, I've worked with Soberlink to develop five tips for divorces involving children that you can download at www.soberlink.com backslash jbd. Let's
1: dive right in. Okay. As we're looking at a model, I brought for you a model of the brain. So again, the right hemisphere right here, right now, left hemisphere has a group of cells defining me, the individual. So it has my ego. It's all about me and left linear. I'm going to use that. I don't know why I never thought of that before. So I've got right, right here, right now. And I got left linear. (laughs) So So then as you look at that right hemisphere right here, right now, and that left linear, I have uh, two amygdala, one in each hemisphere, two hippocampi, one in each hemisphere, and two anterior cingulate gyruses, two cingulate gyruses. And these are three of the major groups of cells that make up our emotional system. So the difference between reptiles and mammals is this tissue. So we have we have the brainstem region and then and that's what reptiles have and that's pretty much on off switches. Um, I'm hungry, I eat, I stop being hungry. Uh, I'm thirsty, I drink, I stop drinking. I need to mate, I mate, I'm not in the mood anymore. Uh, All that, right, (laughs) Right, you know, it's reptile, the reptilian brain. But then we add on this beautiful limbic emotional tissue, each hemisphere. And so that's the alarm, alarm, alert, alert, uh, sympathetic nervous system. And the alarm, alarm, alert, alert is bring information in from the present moment. And how, how is it a threat? Am I safe? So in the right hemisphere, it's bringing all the information right here, right now. Am I safe? Yes. If there's a bus coming at me in the present moment, I need to be alerted to that. That's what that that right hemisphere does. And I need to get out of the way. The left hemisphere is phenomenal. This group of cells brings information in about the present moment. And then it goes into this group of what I call character two, which is the left emotion. And this group of cells takes information about the present moment and immediately steps out of the consciousness of the present moment into my past. And it asks the question, is there anything in the present moment that reminds me of my past that I need to push away from because it's a threat or a danger? Now, that's a whole different consciousness, Wow. That's a whole different place for me to put my brain. I can be in the right here, right now, experiential of what I call character three, or I can be in every emotion I ever experienced in the past. So inside of this tissue is where our trauma from the past will be our Mm. pain from the past, our pleasure from the past, everything that, but this is as it relates to me, the individual and then I'm taking this information and I'm projecting it into the future, and I have anxiety of the unknown.
0: Wow! Wow! So, so the left is where so much of those connecting the dots and and yes. uh, and creating stories and creating yes. fear—that's yes. all happening on our left side.
1: Yes, exactly. And so then, as human, we add. Neocortex, new cortex, we add thinking tissue. So in the human, we have two emotional groups of cells and we have two two thinking groups of cells. And the way that evolution of of the mammal happens is that new tissue gets added on top of lower tissue. So consider this is the thinking and these down here, this is the emotional. So the thinking tissue has come in to refine and differentiate what's going on below it. Okay, so this is how we have evolved. And then there's this corpus callosum, which is some 300 million axonal fibers so that the two thinking parts of our brain know what's going on. And then there's a group of cells called there's a structure, the anterior commissure in the brain so that the two amygdala and limbic systems knows what's going on. So the evolution of humanity is for all of these four characters to be communicating with one another. And then we get to have the power to choose which of these we want to be at any moment in time. And we do that through the structure called the brain huddle. So character one, everybody write this down. Character one is left thinking. Left thinking is our rational organized brain. It is our relationship between me, the individual and the external world. So, how do I position myself in response to the social norms outside of me? Mm. It is organized. It likes to categorize. It likes to be in control of people, places, and things. It likes to be the boss. Right? It's got a group of cells right back here. And without these group of cells, this group of cells defines the boundaries of where I begin and where I end. How do I know that this face is my face, but these glasses are not me? because there's a group of cells here that creates a holographic image of me. So all of a sudden in the right brain, I'm big as the universe. I don't have the definition of me, the individual, not even the boundaries of where I begin and end because I'm an energy blob on top of this organic mass of some 50 trillion cells. And that's the present moment processing. It takes the left brain to know who am I? And it has language. I am Jill Bolte Taylor and all the details. Oh, I have a doctorate in this, that, or the other. This is where I live. This is my phone number. This, it has language so I can speak and I can understand when others speak. So now I can communicate out with others outside of myself. It defines what is right, what is wrong, what is good, what is bad. So this part of our brain, that character one is actually defining the social norm within which I need to function in order to be a functional human being in the world outside of myself. So this is the boss. This is the part of ourselves where where we are, are you know, it's punctual. And it wants you to be punctual, too. And I encourage people to name each of these four characters so that when you're thinking inside of your own head, who said that? Oh, yeah, that was Helen. And this is my Helen. Hell on wheels. She gets it done. So my character one is called Helen. I encourage you, Karen, to name your character one. Wow.
0: Right this moment?
1: You don't have to. That is that's amazing, though. And so character one is also where we judge. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Judges. What is right. What is wrong. What is good. What is bad. And it defines what is right. What is wrong. What is good. And what is bad. Right. Right. And because that, because now that becomes the construct within which the rest of the animal that is me needs to behave in a certain way in order to one, stay out of jail two. Uh, be rational and organized three have some kind of control and order inside of my life so I can actually exist in a state other than chaos. Right. And and at the same time, I would imagine
0: it also can lead us down um uh, more difficult paths of like being judgmental, um, seeing things a certain way and then reacting Absolutely. to them. So Absolutely. So on, on on, on and, and maybe not to use positive and negative, but in a productive way, it, it gives us structure. I, I love the whole concept of my glasses. Like, why do I know this is my cheek, but I know that this isn't a part of me. So it gives okay. us that structure and organization. And then it can also give us that kind
1: of black and white thinking that doesn't serve us so much. Exactly. And we have to have the black and white thinking in order to create order. Right. In order to have linearity across time, we have to be able to know this is different from this, different from this, different from that, different than that. You have to have differentiation and specific and detail in order to be able to create that level of order.
0: So yours is hell on wheels. I love that. Ellen,
1: hell on wheels. She
0: gets Ellen. it done. Okay, great. So that's that's um that character is one. character one, and that's left left thinking. Thinking, left thinking, because we have a left thinking and a left emotional, right thinking and right emotional. Okay, what's what's our next character?
1: So character two is going to be left emotion. Left emotion. So again, left brain is all about me, left linearity. It's about me. And so all the filtering of the information coming in, as I said, it comes in and it immediately goes to this character, number two, and it says, alarm, alarm, alert, alert. Give me a reason to look at what anything that's happening in the present moment to push away and say, no, that's a threat. And and does it scan the, the, the past to do that? Yes it scans okay. the past to do that. So so let's say when i was 5 years old and i was learning how to ride a bicycle, there was a dog in the neighborhood that kept nipping at my ankles like it was going to bite me and it terrified me. And i i i just I, and so now, you know, 55 years later, i see a dog like that dog. Of course it's a different dog, right? But i see a dog like that and i automatically have a negative response but because I was in the past traumatized. So this is gonna hold all that trauma so that I can bring in new information and realize that if I wanna stay away from the trauma that I had from the past, anything that looked like trauma from the past, I need to now push away from.
0: So when we talk to our clients about um, the relationships they get into and how the patterns in marriage, Um, might very much mirror their family of origin and the patterns between mom and dad or them and their siblings. All of that is being connected. And those thoughts are all coming from the left emotional brain,
1: the left emotion. And why is that? Because if information is coming in from the present moment and I see a dog that looks just like that dog when I was five and that goes into my my character, too, which scans my past and says, oh, no, that dog is dangerous. Or let's say um, uh, energetically, because we're not just chemical, physical beings. We're energy balls, right? Right. Okay. And they, you know, research was done and it's like put 100 people in a room together and the alcoholics will find one another. The cocaine people will find one another. The, the namaste will find one another. And that's because we are also an energy being. We're all radiating at different frequencies. And wouldn't it be cool if we had some kind of a meter that we could just like <laughs> hold out for everybody? But we do have that meter in that right brain. The right brain is right here, right now, it's scanning for familiarity. So, exactly what you're saying? Why is it that that um I may uh, my dad was an alcoholic, and um, so it's familiar and familiar feels safe to that left emotional only because it's familiar. I know what to do with that. Um, I, that, that's, that I, I, that feels safe to me because even if dad was an alcoholic and he was a raging mean alcoholic, he was still dad and represented another part of safety for me of home. You know, I mean, we're very confused in how we think about these things, but there's a level of familiarity. So things that are familiar, we invite in things that are new or different we push away from. So this is gonna be the part of our brain where I'm attracted, I'm blonde hair, blue eyed, I'm attracted to blonde hair, blue eyed because they're familiar. But if someone comes in and they're uh, black hair, dark eyes, Uh, Wearing clothing of a different religion that feels unfamiliar to me or their skin tone is different from mine. Then it's this character, too, that is looking at that saying that's not familiar. I'm going to push that away.
0: Beautiful.
1: Yeah. So so whether it's a positive or a negative, it's not rational but it's all we've got right it's our alarm alarm alert alert and the alarm is going to go off and and you know the thing about the alarm is it's not just going to be benign observational information it's going to be honey if i love you i'm going to put my emotional trigger right up here for you to pounce on so that you can hurt me because you know i'm 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 you know i'm your daughter or i'm your your mother or i'm your whatever whatever it is there's my trigger go pound on it and hurt me hurt me, hurt me, hurt me. Why do we do this? Right? Why do we do this? Why do we set our trigger right out there? And it's because we blend this need, this need, I need you, uh, this dependency because this character never grows up. The emotional part of our brains, they never grow up. So we're going to have two children inside of our heads. We're going to have character two, which is what we're talking about now, the pain from my past and the fear of my future and character three. These are these are the children inside of of our heads. So this is this is a part of us that needs to be to be held and nurtured. Um, And Yeah.
0: So, so, this is just um just you're blowing my mind here. So, you know, uh, I've personally done a lot of in what I would call inner child work, like all yeah. the trauma and issues from my childhood. and uh, and when I talk to my clients, I'll sometimes say, like, you know, how old are you? And your, your kid is driving the bus. Your kid is right. running the show. And what you're saying is we've got four characters and two of them are, are our kids. They're our child inside. And yes. that's fascinating because yeah. I think as we continue this conversation, like how do we work with that and that right. interplay? Right. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the last person you want to give the keys to the bus to, but it's, it's our pain and it is loud, right? It's right here right now. It's explosive. It's loud. It's real. And, but from the moment we think a thought. It triggers an emotional circuit. So let's say, um, let's relate it to divorce. Um, uh, I kind of hate to do that because I don't want to push people's buttons right now. Uh, but let's say I have the thought that um, I, uh, my spouse is being unfaithful. And then emotionally, it's like, ah, yeah, 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 I've been down this road before and da da, da, da and, and, and I'm going to catch this and I'm going to catch that. I'm going to look for this. I'm going to look for that. And and then I become this irate powerful ball. But from the moment, I think the thought to the time I'm becoming this emotional eh, ball to the time, whatever that, that, uh, neurochemistry is going to be that I just stimulated. Cause this is just cells inside of our head. And that's really important to remember too. my rage, my fear, my anxiety, my love, my laughter, my identity. It's just a group of cells inside of your head. It's just a group of cells. So what what do we know about cells that become predictable so that we can consciously choose to change or shift our output based on shifting what we know is going on in the brain. From the moment I think the thought, it stimulates the emotional circuit, it dumps a chemical inside of my bloodstream, it floods through me and flushes out of me, takes less than 90 seconds. Less than 90 seconds. So if I do get hooked into a loop of, of uh, I don't have to stay in that for days and months and years. I don't have to hate this person for decades. Now I can, right? right. Because right. every time now I re-stimulate that circuitry of thinking of that and what he did or whatever, and then I run that and then it flushes through and flushes out of me. Every If I don't do, if I don't evolve, that circuit with the other parts of my brain, then that is my stress, my pain I'm inflicting on my biology over and over and over again. And it's got nothing to do with that person. They left 20 years ago. They don't even care. Maybe it could be dead for all we know, you know? So that's why we say, you know, what we're doing as we're running, we're hurting ourselves, not the other person. So that's why forgiveness comes in. But how do I forgive? Well, that's another part of the brain. So, so
0: uh, you're, gosh, you're saying so much. So we talked about the left thinking and the left emotional, but then you just mentioned the right emotional.
1: Is that, is that character three? Character three is the right emotional group of cells. So again, we have the amygdala. For, for am I safe in the present moment? The hippocampus is how we learn and memorize new information, and then the cingulate gyrus. So those are going to be the limb, limbic cells of the right hemisphere. And the right hemisphere, right here, right now. So information is streaming in right here, right now, and it's alarm, alarm, alert, alert, am I safe? If I'm safe, then great uh, experience. What is the experience of the present present moment. What does the temperature of the air feel like between your fingers? That's experiencing the present moment. What does it feel like to feel your clothing on your body? What does that feel like? These headsets. Okay. How's that feeling? Do they, am I having a pain come in because they're too tight or, or, you know, whatever. So the experience of the present moment now, so once it gets beyond just my immediate, then it's like, oh, there's woods out there. I want to go play in the woods. And oh, look at the weed. Look at the leaves there. The energy is waving the leaves and they're like all saying, hi, you know, and it's like right here, right now is a perfect moment right here, right now is a, is a, at least neutral, if not divine experience. It is what it is. It's not in my head. So it's not about my past. It's not about my future. It's not about my fears. It's not about my anxieties. It's not about me and all my muck. It's about right here, right now. What does it feel like when I dive into the water and I feel the temperature of the water and I feel the, the pressure of the water against my body. And I want to go on an adventure and I, but cause I want to think out of the box and I want to explore something new. I want to be innovative and do new and creative things. This is why they say we're creative in the right brain, because it's not about that box of right, wrong, good, bad defined by the left brain. It's about, well, I can take this and I can take that and it can take this and I can do all this. And it's like, wow. And everything's like, wow. And, but it's not all good because it might be, so I'm going to say, okay, Karen, let's go, let's go play. Let's go, let's go bungee jump. Oh, the cranes are here. They're in, they're out on the, the, you know, the sand dunes. And it's like, like, let's go hang glide on the sand dunes and you're going, yeah, yeah, let's go play. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And then it's like, oh, let's get drunk. Okay. Let's get And then let's break into this. Oh yeah. That sounds like fun. (laughs) Let's do that. Right. And so a lot of character threes as divine as it is end up in jail, right? Because this is the spontaneous, uh, energized, um, creative out of the box, part of who we are.
0: Well, that was that was such a great description. Um, so so right here right, and and right here, right now, uh, character three never grows up,
1: never grows up. OK, so it's, it's emotional, kind of, it's and, experiential. There's no thinking going on. What were you thinking? Well, clearly I wasn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think about my son who's got ADHD and when he's <laughs> impulsive, it's like, yep, just just bypass that one part of the brain and went right to character. the brain. And the other thing, as you're speaking, we've just had a couple of uh, guests on who talked about meditation and mindfulness. And so all of those practices are really honing in on character three.
1: Character four. Character four.
0: We have a special gift for you. Whether you're still emotionally entangled with your ex or not, imagining and creating your life after divorce can feel surreal for some, terrifying for others. Fears and limiting beliefs around financial security, building new friendships, health and fitness, and even finding healthy love can interfere with your ability to create the life you desire. Journey Beyond Divorce coaches can help you get clear on what you want and the obstacles that are keeping you stuck and guide you in manifesting your ideal life. We're here to help you enter this new chapter with more confidence and enthusiasm with a free jumpstart call. Visit journeybeyonddivorce.com backslash jumpstart to book your call today.
1: lead into character four so what is character four so here's the alarm alert alert uh sympathetic nervous system am i safe in the present moment let's go think out of the box let's have fun we got energy and impetus to do 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 let's go be let's go uh, play let's go do this let's go do that without the judgment of is that a good idea says character one Um, What are the consequences of your behavior for the future, says character one and character three is going, well, I didn't get there. Right. You know, so, mm, you know, teenage brain. Right. A lot's (laughs) going on there. So, um, so character four is going to be the right thinking tissue, the right thinking tissue. It is in the present moment right here, right now. It is not about me, the individual. It's not about my past. It's not about my future. It's not about my relationships. It's not about my job or my to do's. It's not about right and wrong. What and good and bad it is. Oh my God. I'm alive. I'm alive now. When you really stop and pause, we have no idea how to create life. Life, You can't create life. We don't know. You know, life is this amazing miracle that happens where a membrane, a bunch of atoms and molecules come together. They create a genetic profile. And that genetic profile has managed to create a semi-permeable membrane to separate it and its internal workings from the external universe and it puts little stippled effects so that some things can come in and some things can flow out but not a lot of things it's got little receptors so it can detect oh is there a lot of hydrogen out there okay that's pretty acidic i can't exist in acid so i'm going to repel away and it might have little photon receptors on it it's like oh that's light i thrive in light so i'm going to move toward so Mm -hmm. here i am i'm just the single celled organism, and I'm responding to and interacting with the external world. So people say, Joe, what's the meaning of life? And I think it is to stimulate and be stimulated by another, period. Period. I think that's the meaning of life at the single cell organism. Well, what am I? I was a single celled zygote cell, the single combination cell from half of the DNA from mom, half the DNA from dad. So now I'm a new combination. All the possibilities and that cell multiplied its DNA, repackaged, they multiplied, they repackaged up to 50 trillion 50 trillion beautiful molecular geniuses and some of these became uh, came so i could see light some became liver cells so i could process w- process intake and nutrition some of these became whatever i have digits and and motor legs that allow me to move about in the world but what am i i'm just a mass of life oh my god i'm alive now Ow. When was the last time you just stopped and thought, oh my God, I'm alive, period. None of the woe is me, pain from my past, fear of the future, all that, all me, forget me, I'm alive. Oh my God, I'm alive. Now, when you live in a state of, oh my God, I'm alive, you exist with a sense of gratitude that you have bladder capacity. Yeah. Oh my God, (laughs) we have bladder capacity, right? I have a heart that beats and it pushes blood and I don't have to tell it to do that. I am this miracle of this collection of atoms and molecules from the universe and the energy, there's no separation between the energy of me, in me, in every cell of my body and the energy around me. I am the conscious consciousness, cosmic consciousness of the universe right here, 50 trillion strong, wow.
0: Wouldn't it be nice if we could live there like more often?
1: Exactly. And it's right there. So let's go back to your original question. When you are mindful and you are mindful of the thoughts and the kinds of thoughts that you're being, now you can say, oh, that's a character two. That was my, that was my character two with the mic. Oh, that's character one with the mic. Oh, that's character three with the mic. Oh, this is character four in the mic. And I want to go to character four because character four, my whole soul takes a pause. <sighs> And all that busy stuff going on in my brain for my characters, one, two, and three, they all calm down and I take a big, deep breath in the present moment and Mm. I'm grateful for my life. Beautiful. And we can get there. Why do we pray? We pray to silence the left brain so we can become that, that consciousness, call that God, call that Allah, call that whatever you want to call that I call it the consciousness of my right thinking brain. Now, does that mean that when I'm dead, there's there's I don't know what happens when I'm dead. All I know is that's the portal through which I share that consciousness. Beautiful. And we can get there. We we can can pray to get there. We can uh, meditate to get there. We can yoga to get there. We can use all these tools to get there, but you can't get there if your left brain won't be quiet enough to actually take the leap. Yes. The leap, honey, left brain, you're not going anywhere. You're always right here. I can zip you right up in a moment, but I have the power to choose to go to that piece of who I am.
0: Wow. And, and And I think I, I read, um, I read a quote of yours where you said, um, Oh, I just, oh, peace is only a thought away.
1: Peace is a thought away. Mm. That's right. And that's the thought. The thought is in this moment, I'm going to go be that part of me. Mm. I'm going to land in that part of me. I'm going to be that. And again, what we practice gets stronger.
0: Right. And you said that earlier. And so I was I wanted to mention it when you were saying it. So the whole um, obsession over what he did 20 years ago and, and what it does to our body. You keep going there. You keep focusing on that over and over again. You're building a really strong, I'll use the word muscle, a really strong uh, pathway that you actually is not serving you at all. And, and I did a whole course on positivity a couple of years ago, and they were saying the exact same thing, you know, uh, uh, what you focus on grows, right? Right. So, um, so, Even that piece, just knowing that the more I focus on my character four, the more peace I'm going to have in my life.
1: That's exactly right.
0: So you've just given us so much information. Uh, You said that your uh, brain huddle uh, is also an acronym for something.
1: It is. And this is the power of this material. So I so I want what people to do is to get to know your own four characters um, and then, and, and in Whole Brain Living, I'm gonna give it a plug, in Whole Brain Living, it has a chapter for character one and it will, it has questions at the end of that chapter. So you can get familiar with who is your character one? How strong is it? Where does it hang out? Who gets along with your character one? Who uh, runs away from your character one? And uh, you just really get to know that part of your life. And then who's your character two? A few different questions, but the same idea. Who is that? And who who comes in and tries to poke that, that trigger to move you into your, it becomes fascinating when you start using your rational minds in order to really perceive, well, you know, every time my brother comes in the door, you know, we're good for about five minutes. And then we just like move into an automatic fight. He wants my character too. So how can I now use what I know about my own brain to not go into my character too, to give him that? Because as soon as one of us changes the game, the game is a different game. It's like dancing. If I'm doing a different step, we can't fall back into the same old pattern.
0: Right, right, right. So this is,
1: and, and I think what you said in the very beginning
0: is once we become really familiar with our own four characters, we can also start seeing the four characters of our, relate those people that exactly. we're in relationship with. And one exactly. of the things that I speak about so often on this podcast is how, when we do this kind of work and understand and refine ourselves and, and, um, kind of gain more control of ourselves, we then can pour that into our children. And so I think that exactly. there's something so incredibly powerful in what you're sharing with us. And uh, at, and the brain huddle tool, um, I think, is going to be super, super important for everybody. And we're going to talk more about your book at the end and where they can get it.
1: So um, so I, and so let's talk about marriage. Let's say um, my character one and your character one, they fall madly in love with one another, right? And because character ones are character ones, right? We're efficient, we, we're cooperative, we work together, uh, we got, we're detail based, uh, you got your turf, I got my turf, and let's say our character ones work well. And, but let's say I start, uh, I have a really strong character three, too, and that's play, and I wanna play and you don't have a really well-developed character three. And so I end up having to take my character three out of the relationship. I gotta go play with my pals or go do this or go do that. Now, not that that's not important, but it's important that our one, your one, doesn't then start resenting my three. Because I need my three, because that's my refuel, my pause, my refresh button, right? So let's say then I say to you, okay, well, I'm going to go play tennis with so-and-so. And then you decide that, you know, you don't get to go. So you move into your character two, And so now my character three, who's happy little person is dealing with your character two, And now I start resenting you because I start feeling manipulated by that. Right, And so then I move from my three into my two with you, but then I'm still going to take my three out and play with my pals. So now we got two against two and there's never a resolution in the two. And as soon as we start that two to two dance we have to figure out ways of using the other characters to come in and nurture ourselves out of our own character two we need take to take responsibility for our own character twos because that's how we how we find grace. Right,
0: right. We and, have and, to
1: we have to bring bring grace back into the relationship.
0: And character two and three are just to remind our listeners, those are the emotional parts of the brain that never grow up. And they so never that's grow like up. yeah so it's like that's where we fight that's where we yeah. play that's where yeah. we behave in ways that don't always serve us
1: exactly exactly so the brain huddle b-r-a-i-n b stands for breath okay How do you want to get to the present moment? Whether you're being mindful, whether you're being meditative, whether you're doing a mantra, whether you're in prayer, we tend to focus on our breath. Why is that? Breath is the first thing we do when we're born and the last thing we do before we die. It is a train running in present time. So if I bring my mind to just even thinking about that track and I visualize that track, I can increase the frequency of my breath. I can increase the amplitude and volume of my breath I can actually hold my breath. We're the only mammal on the planet who we can say hold your breath and we'll hold our breath all right We have the ability to bring our mind into the present moment focus on the breath so so any of the brain any of the characters can call a brain huddle. Right. Helen, character one, she might say, Where's my team? I need to know my team. Huddle just because Helen wants to exercise that we all know how to do this because practice makes perfect. And I need to be able to know I can get all four of my characters on board in the huddle because when I'm character number two, all she wants is her pain. She wants her pain. She wants to be mean. She wants to get out of pain, but she gets out of pain by being mean. Right. And it's like the louder I get, the more love I need from you. And are you attracted to that? Mm, No, no. So it's like the exact opposite. So two needs to know how to call the huddle. So two can call the huddle when she's in pain. Character three playful. Hey, where's my team? You know, huddle huddle. I need a cuddle, right? Bring it on. And so all four characters come and it's like, think about the breath, everybody here. And then character four wants to call a huddle because, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful I'm alive. And Helen, thank you for doing all the things you do because you do them so well. And little character two, I love you. And thank you for being here because you keep me safe and you, you, you are my growth edge. You show me where I'm constricted and I can learn to grow and, and become more expansive. Character three, thank you for for being the impetus of life, this dynamic spark plug that you are. And I'm here to just express gratitude for all of you, right? So any of them can call the huddle. B, A, B, brain, somebody calls the huddle. R is recognize which of my four characters did just call the huddle, right? And so we just ran through that recognize which character called the huddle. A, appreciate the fact that no matter who called the huddle, there's four of us in here. Yeah, we're all right here. Boom, right here. I get, they all got names. I know who they are. I know what they're good at. I know what they do. I know what their habits are. I know how they get me in trouble. I know it all. A, appreciate that we have all four to work with. I is inquire in this moment, in this moment, who, Do we want to come out as in order to navigate the next moment? Who shows up? So I'll give you a quick example. I walk into a room, all four of me, I walk into a room and there was, there's a couple in there and they've been fighting. Okay. And character four feels all that energetic. Right. That's just energy. It's like I just walked in a fight. We know the intuition of the character four is saying, OK, mm. so character one can come in. So now it's brain huddle. What do we do in this moment? Yeah. Right. We just barged into the middle of a fight. Right. And it's like mm, brain huddle instantaneous. And it's like, OK, character one could come in and say, um, Uh, is there anything you need? Can I help you in any way? Do you need me to make a call? Do you need water? Uh, Do you need a stiff drink? You know, (laughs) how do I serve you, right? How do I fix this problem with you? So that's what Helen might do. Character two, my character two might say, yeah, because they're in there and they're fighting and they're fighting about another friend. And and I know that person too. And so my little character two just wants to get in there and misery loves miserable company. So I'm just going to stew the pot right i have that ability character 2 character 3 is going to come in and go whoops uh and make some inappropriate whimsical joke <laughs> right Like, you know, stick your foot in your mouth. Now's the moment to do that, right? Kind of thing. Um, Or come on, forget that. Come on, you know, just the come in. Uh, And then the character four is going to be empathic and compassionate and open. And it's going to say, I love you. I got your back. If you need anything, we're here to support you. Take the time that you need and, you know, surround them with a nurturing love and just be there just hold the space for whatever that pain is. So uh, that's the brain huddle. B, bring your mind to the present moment by focusing on the breath. R, recognize which of your characters called the huddle. A, appreciate that we're all four here on board, ready to act. I, inquire with among ourselves, not about what other somebody else thinks we ought to be doing. And that's really important not doing what someone else thinks we ought to be doing inquire among my four what is the best choice for us and then n is navigate moment by moment so i might find that you know my character three came in and made an inappropriate joke and then it was like well that was a bad choice and then helen might come on character one and say What can I do to support you? Or four might come in and say, uh, take your time. I got you wrapped in a bubble of love and um, do what you need to do and nurture. So this is the power of our brain. This is the power of whole brain living and the four characters that drive our life. And we have the power to choose moment by moment who and how we want to be in the world. We have that power, but we don't have that power if we don't know what our choices are. These are the choices. And then the brain huddle is the tool to get them all on equal standing ground and say, you know, little two, I got you. And this is how we self-soothe. Our own nurturing, loving character four comes online and says, we are so grateful to be alive. And I may be in the depth of my pain because that bastard, because <laughs> this is what character two is gonna say, right? That bastard's gonna blame, it's gonna shame, it's gonna feel guilt, it's gonna, it's gonna do all those complex emotions that we are so fortunate that we get to experience because that's the difference between being alive and being dead. Right. And it's like, God, I wish I could just cut my pain out, and it's no. Our pain shows us our growth edge. And if I'm caught up in that relationship and the dream of that relationship and the pain from the past and the fear of the future, if I'm caught up in that, that's a group of cells inside of my brain. And I don't want to lose my life or lose my sanity or lose my peace of heart and mind, which is my character four, because I'm in so much pain in my character two. And it's character two and character one who scheme for manipulation and forces su- for, for suicide. That's me, the individual. I have a whole brain in my presence of the experience of the present moment to know what an amazing gift life is. And we never know what tomorrow will bring.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We never know the gifts of what tomorrow will bring And hooking into the beauty and the love and the awe that I exist at all. And that I do have this power to stop the pain from my past by bringing my mind into the other parts of my brain. This is Mm -hmm. neuroanatomical. This is cells. Three quarters of my brain want me to be happy, well and alive. And there's one part that just routinizes in that agony. So the question is, how much time do we spend there? I'm the first person to say, you have to go through that pain. You have to feel the beauty of that pain. Go to the floor on all fours and weep your soul when that wave comes over you, but let it last for 90 seconds. Feel it flood through you, feel the power of it. Let it wrench your gut. And then let that wave pass out of you and you will find that biologically the time between those waves of grief and pain will get bigger and bigger mm. and you will find more peace and you will spend more time in that heart consciousness of your character for.
0: Yeah. Uh, wow. You you know, the 92nd thing you've mentioned it twice. And when I was going through my divorce, I um, I was involved in Al-Anon and one of their many slogans, which I use all the time, is if you're upset, count to 10, if you're really upset, count to 100. And the idea is exactly that, that that I totally would call it the pain body. It's like this thing happens, but it it doesn't last. But then for some people. It does last. And what you're saying is for those of you who like, I don't know what you're talking about. 90 seconds. um, Would you say that uh, that character to the left emotional brain is just um, holding on to the mic?
1: Yeah, just holding the mic. And you keep if you keep rethinking the thoughts that are going to make you unhappy, then it's a natural progression of thought to unhappy. And if you just hook into that and hook into that and hook into that and keep running that loop, but then what happens, let's say I'm in my misery, I'm in my misery, I'm in my misery, I'm worrying, or I'm, I'm, I'm nagging or I'm whatever I am. I'm not happy. Blah, 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 blah. And then the telephone rings and it's like, hello, right? Yeah. Oh, mm, uh-huh. uh-huh. And how's, mm, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And I have now automatically been shifted into a part of my brain. And then I put the phone down. Well, that's the moment I do my work, if I choose or don't choose, but do it automatically to go back to the same old thoughts that ran the same old pattern, then I'm just right back in my character too. Or I might say, okay, well, now I'm gonna go to the office and I'm gonna get this to-do list done, at least cross one or two things off the list so that I feel better about the list, right? Or I got this art project going on downstairs, but it's kind of chaotic and messy down there. And so now I need to like clean up the mess. So I'm gonna go down there and sweep the mess, right? And I'm going to choose to put my mind Somewhere else, right?
0: And so, choice... however,
1: character two is our addiction tissue. So, if I'm addicted now to my pain and being worried or or being unhappy, then I need to look at what I'm doing, and I have to remember that these are cells in circuit. And I love that you brought up AA because in the book chapter, I think it's eleven, but it's on AA and addiction and how the four characters are actually. Um, uh, the hero's journey for any of our addiction and how we get through from the monster, which is my craving, 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 but I'm having a calling to being sober, but I have my craving, craving, and I need to jump out of those consciousnesses, heed the call of the journey, leave me and my life behind, which means my, my addiction as well, and come into the present moment. Why right. is it that AA is one day at a time? or one hour at a time or one one moment at a time. It's because now I've stepped out of that circuitry into the present experience of the new moment. And in there, I don't have an addiction in that tissue. Just think about it. Three quarters of your brain doesn't have addiction. So I need to get myself out of that addiction tissue into these other character profiles that, live a healthier life.
0: Yeah, this is this is just so it's so amazing and I was going to bring that up. 3 quarters of my brain wants to be happy. And oh. so it's like so that's so interesting because we're already in a win if we can if we can tune into this and right. and really work it um right. and you only have this one quarter this cranky little one quarter uh, yeah. never grow up you know complaining right. or beautiful right. beautiful um one thought comes to me i talk a lot about emotional intelligence as you're describing it um and and correct me if i'm completely off base here but it sounds like character 4 is where a lot of our emotional intelligence lies.
1: Yeah, it's our wisdom. You know, it's our sense of of wisdom, our sense of who am I as a as a life force. Um, what what do I want? And and and, when, and that's why the brain huddle is so important. Because if you can train any of your characters, especially your character two, but again, have all your characters call the brain huddle because it's a muscle. Like you said, you want that circuit to run, run, run so that it's strong enough so that when you're really in your pain, you can still call a huddle and see the value of it in order to get out of the routinizing pain. Because the routinization right. is just a circle, uh, you know, a group of cells right. that are running and running and running and running and running. So the, 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 power of the huddle is you don't have a huddle without your character four on board sure. and as soon as character four is on board you're going to make better decisions you're in good shape because character four is there holding soothing loving nurturing not just others but, but our own little character too and you know i really learned this when my mom passed my mom passed in 2015 and um, I would call her when my little character too was unhappy or unsafe. And and then I started, and then after my mom died. And she had a very character for death. She wanted a character for I lived a great life. You know, it's like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. How exciting is that? And then she wanted everybody to know, well, I'm going to die. And so we all celebrated her or people moved into their twos. And then she would call these people who she loved and say, I'm, you know, I'm so glad I've known you in my life, but I'm going to die. And they then immediately went into their character, too. And she said. No, I don't want to talk to people who are in their character, too, about it. I, well, it's been great. It's been a great ride. And so I said, Mom, you can't call these people and tell them that because they're unless you're going to hold the space for their two. And right. she said, all right, here's a list of people. Call them when I die so that they know. And it was like, because she didn't want to have to manage the two. So um, so so but learning. So then I asked myself when I was really unhappy and really sad. Mom was gone. What did I get from mom? What did mom do? What energy did she bring me? What did she say? How did she bring in her character three mm. sense of humor? How did she soothe me? And I encourage everyone to go and think about when you're in your deepest grief, your deep, deepest pain, your deepest anger, who, who in your life was the go-to character and think about what did they do? And they probably simply held the space for you and they loved you and they listened to you and they held the space in until you were ready to dissolve that anger ball, that fear ball, that grief ball, and relax back into your own character for with them
0: phil this is this is just incredible this is so empowering like everybody has to read this book and understand these characters. this is the most empower, this is the most empowering paradigm concept truth um because you know, life is difficult and there are bumps and bends and there are trials and tribulations. And, 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 and so many of us are just like operating from character too, when life happens. And yet if we can be huddling on a regular basis, um, that's a game changer. You can experience the rest of your life differently, significantly better if you can brain
1: huddle through your life. Right. Exactly. And you know, you did say something and I want to address it because you said something about three quarters of our brain. We can be happy. I don't care about being happy. I'm not here to be happy. I'm here to be whatever the experience of life brings me. Mm. And happy is relative to external circumstance, joy, joy, Mm -hmm. Is that which comes up through the consciousness of that character three? Into our life that we can push out into the world. Mm-hmm. So I'm much more fixated on my own internal character, three joy that is always a candle that is always lit. Now I it might be dim because I'm not giving it a lot of oxygen, but I, if I give it oxygen, I become a torch of positive energy in the world, not because of what's going on in the world, but because of the light within me. And we all have that choice and we all have that power to choose that. Now that doesn't mean I don't want to feel my agony because I love agony. I love my favorite emotion is grief. It is so overwhelmingly. It it envelops me. It takes me to the ground. It fillets me. It. it I cry. I scream. I just. But then it flashes past me, and it was like, oh my God, that was delicious. I'm alive. I'm capable of that level of, of soul, soul, soul. And we can judge that as negative and we can judge that as bad, but, oh my God, if you just look at what it is, it is so beautiful that we're capable of these emotions. Right. Right.
0: That's beautifully said, beautifully said. Tell us again about your book and where people can find you before we say goodbye.
1: Perfect. Thank you, Karen. Dr. Jill dot com is my website. Whole Brain Living, the anatomy of choice and the four characters that drive our life. And I truly believe that this this material is the gift that from the stroke that I had when I was 37 and I all but died. And when that stroke happened, I lost my left brain. I lost Jill, the individual. She died that day. I lost character one. I lost character two. All I had was character three and character four, character four mostly. And then character three came back online with a little energy. And then it's like, well, I can exist in this blissful euphoria for eternity, but I'm alive. I'm alive. So I, it became uh, tr- important to me to try to communicate to others that peace really is just a thought away. And it's right there in the consciousness of that right brain.
0: Yeah. And you have one of the most, uh, watched Ted talks.
1: Yeah. I was, uh, my Ted talk in 08 was the first Ted talk to ever go viral. And the name so, of it is? My Stroke of Insight.
0: Right. And you have a book named the same, right? My Stroke of My Insight. My Stroke of Insight. So, so definitely, um, definitely watch the TED Talk, uh, order the book, uh, check out Dr. Jill's uh, website. This has just been absolutely brilliant. I could ask you a hundred more questions and uh, maybe you'll even come back and speak with us again. Uh, you but know, thank I,
1: you. I, I would like that. and And especially if once your audience lives with it gets it reads it incorporates it then we get to have another conversation and it takes it to a whole new level because now it's real people working with the real material finding the benefits and finding the obstacles and that i love to have that conversation
0: well let's make that happen
1: perfect Thank you so much,
0: and we will be back again with another episode of Life After Divorce real soon. Stay tuned. Thanks for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon.